This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One thing that's interesting to me with the cinematography was that they treated the police scenes and the street scenes with the same level of respect. It wasn't like, you know, grimier because they were on the streets. And that was something that Uda, the cinematographer in the first season, kind of voiced to Bob Colesbury early on was that, hey, these guys deserve the same amount of respect. And I think that paid off uh, in spades as the show continued. Hi, everyone. Dave here. Uh, this is Kobe. And you're listening to The Wire Stripped. Uh, it's the show where we rewatch every episode of HBO's The Wire. And you would just be hearing from us. You'll be hearing from some cast and the crew and some fans and you lovely people as well. And this episode, we finally made it. It's the end of season one. It's called Sentencing, episode 13. Yeah, um, guys, thank you to everyone who's been listening so far. It's been an amazing ride and the response to us has been absolutely overwhelming we've really enjoyed doing it yeah it's been absolutely brilliant and uh, we've had some amazing feedback from all of you yeah uh, if you haven't chatted to us yet we're on twitter and uh, and facebook it's at the wire stripped uh, come say hi and uh, yeah and thank you to everybody who left uh, a review on apple podcasts and subscribe to us so yeah uh, the good we have some good news as well tell them kobe yeah the good news is we are coming back for season two confirmed we've been, we've been renewed we've been renewed yes a contract with uh the people that made podcasts which is us um <laughs> we've, we decided to renew ourselves <laughs> it was a tough decision yeah but yeah you know, we think we're going to go ahead. I think I think it's going to be like the Y, where every every season is under threat. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then we have to discuss. We, with we could pull the plug at, at any minute. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we are going to do season two. I mean, let's not lie; we're probably going to do all the whole five seasons yeah, at this that's day. Right. That's right. Um, but we're definitely doing season two. Um, so stay tuned for some some details at the end of the show. Yeah, but in the meantime, guys, here's our chat, which we recorded on the streets of London for this episode. When you walk through the garden, you gotta watch your back. Well, I beg your pardon. Walk the straight and narrow track. When you walk with Jesus. He's gonna save your soul Just gotta keep the devil Way down in the hole He got the fire and the fury Alright, so Dave here, I'm with Kobe We are um, 
Uh, we're at a car park. We've driven here to for a meetup. Uh, our cars are facing yeah. opposite ways, as is per the custom. Yeah, as yep. as McNulty and the Fed <laughs> face off each face each other. <laughs> so the first uh, the first storyline is the it's the cops rounding up all of the guys on the street. Yeah. Um, so basically, this is the complete dismantling of Barksdale's crew. Yeah. So they get. Well, they get pretty much all the big players, don't they? Ronnie Mo. Uh, <laughs> we we not that he's that big a player, no. but uh, uh, Wee Bay even gets picked up in, yeah. in Philly. Um, they've got they've pretty much got everybody now except Stringer Bell. Except Stringer Bell and Bodie. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Barksdale was ca was caught at the end of the last episode. Yeah. Um, and he gets out on bail, but um, the, the cops are just going one by one through everyone that they can do. Because the case is at an end. Yeah. Because the Barksdale's crew have cleaned up shop, which yeah. means that the wire is done, uh, which means that they, they're, they're basically going to put a case together with what they have. And deals are being made. Yeah. And um, what, what kind of deals are we talking about here? We've got D'Angelo who's talking. Yes, so D'Angelo... Oh, yes, this is such a good scene. Yeah. Uh, this, um, this is amazing, mm. where D'Angelo just basically tells them absolutely everything they yeah. want to know. He is 100% flipped. Yeah. Um, and everyone is so excited coming out of this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, Rhonda and McNulty cannot believe their luck. What they've been told. Yeah. So they, he tells them about a lot of the shootings. He tells them about um, particularly the, the shooting... That involved the tap 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 scene. Uh, yeah, we finally get the real story. Yeah, it, because uh, D'Angelo bragging in the pits had sort of implied that it was him. Yeah, but we find out that it wasn't. That was which makes sense because yeah. he doesn't have it in him. No, no, uh, at all. it was Weebe. He was just involved. She was one of my uncle's girls. Yeah, but we got people who put you with her the night she's killed. Yeah, I didn't know they was going to do her. I swear they played me. How so? My uncle gave me an eight ball of coke. Told me to take it over there to her. I was surprised because, you know, I thought he dumped her. But he said, nah, I wasn't like that no more. So, yeah, we may take me over there. You know, I walked up, knocked on the door. She came to the door all naked and shit with this little ass robe on. So she's your uncle's girl, but she comes to the door for you naked. She used to do that shit with me all the time, man. Teasing. You know how girls do. Maybe you don't. I don't know. Anyway, I'm like, ain't you gonna let me come in? She's like, nah, because she gotta get ready for my uncle to come by later. So, I give her the coat. She laughs about how she's gonna put that shit on ice for later on. Refrigerator? Uh-huh. I don't know shit about no refrigerator. Like I said, I ain't going. So I turned around, started walking back to the truck, and I heard this shot. Weebay, he come running back with this big-ass 45 he liked to use so much. Tells me how he was tapping on the window real soft. How with the lights on, she had to walk all the way up because she couldn't see what was on the outside. You know, when she gets up to the window and looks out... You did good, D'Angelo. I thought this scene was amazing. The way... You know, they, they kept throwing the photos at him and, and D'Angelo kept trying to turn them back over. You know, he really isn't, isn't cut he's, out. He's it. not, yeah. No. It's just, it's, I don't know if it's 
a victim of circumstance or you just um, you just do what your family does. He's just born into it, wasn't he? He's just he? born into it, yeah. And it kind of makes sense the more we meet of his mother yeah. as well. So what I like about subsequent watches of The Wire is that it forces you to focus on other elements of the story. This is Joe Kiley. He's my co-host on the podcast Scheitgeist. Everyone's first watch, it's all McNulty and the thrill of the chase and it's him versus Barksdale and kind of a cat and mouse, you know, um, Barksdale is outsmarting him every turn and, and Stringer Bell is is pulling the strings and it's, well, string. Um, but it's, it's, it's very, very satisfying first watch. What I like on subsequent watches is paying attention to the other characters. Like, this current watch, I am viewing it as if D'Angelo Barksdale is the main character. Because particularly in season one, he has a whole arc like he is our entry into the the drug world um you know who his uncle is through him you know that he doesn't quite fit he's kind of a square peg in a round hole and more and more through D'Angelo they show you the hypocrisy of the world and they show you what should work and isn't working and what strikes me this time this time round is that the 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 phrase he repeats most frequently is no I don't like that and he says that to his underlings he says it to uh, to cops he says it to uh, to his uncle and he it seems like he has insight that none of the other characters have which is remarkable and and coming with D'Angelo and seeing the world as he sees it he can he's not right for the world he's not right for the world he's in and he does his best to fit in but he bucks at every turn so it's kind of an interesting evolution from, you know, what would have been a, maybe a frustrating character first watch. Um, there's good reason that he's bucking and that it's the system is unfair and he knows it. What we have here is the, I guess at the start of this episode, Kima wakes up. Yes, very importantly. Yeah. And uh, Bunk is there. Bunk is there. Waiting patiently. Absolutely. And uh, he tries to get her to ID the two shooters. Yes. One of which she can do very easily. Little, Little man. Little man. She spotted him straight away. Yeah. Um, but the other um, is Weebay and she refuses to, to finger him. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, <laughs> even though Bunk gives him the fat finger. The fat finger. <laughs> I love that expression. It's so good. And he, li- <laughs> he was leaning heavily on yeah. it. Which one was it? Yeah. What about Weebay? Do you recognize Weebay? Yeah, I recognize him. Is that him? I don't know. <laughs> he was trying to get her to word it any which way. Yeah. You know, a little fat finger when it comes to IDing. You know, do you see anybody in this lineup, Kima, that might be the one? And you know, I give her the little fat finger. Lead her on a little bit. Well, we're gonna we're gonna test that. I always point that out when people say, "Oh, you're the voice of reason with McNulty." You're the moral compass. And I said, do you remember the fat finger I gave to Kima in, in year one? It's like, I'm ready to do anything, too, to solve a crime. You know, uh, Cole and me, we uh, showed her the spreads. Picked out little man, no problem. Wouldn't go for WeeBay. So I tried the fat finger. Damn near down on my knees, begging her to make this play easy in court. You know what she said? Sometimes things got to play hard. Kima is one of the few kind of moral police officers from the get-go right that's the voice of jonathan abrams he's the guy who wrote the book on the wire literally it's called all the pieces matter the inside story of the wire like she goes out of her way not to do any type of bad where 
I know we're obviously only in season one, but you can see how like McNulty's influence on her kind of starts to impact her as the series goes on. I really admired Kima for this. Absolutely. This goes to show that, you know, because there's very, um, very few of the police are, are that clean. And yeah, that yeah. Clean ethics. And she was just, she's, she's pure. Yeah, if that was McNulty, McNulty would have 100% Topped up to yeah. WeeBay. He being, loves bending yeah, the rules. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, kudos to, kudos to Kima. So back on the streets and the other storyline, we see them trying to trying to regroup and basically plan for uh, minimal damage. Yeah. So, you know, we see uh, Barksdale's out on bail and him and uh, String and Levi... Levi? Levi? Levi. Levi. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's called holding off. Um, they meet in a car park and basically discuss what's the best course of action yeah. um, Levy kind of um, tells them to what is it a sort of he had a phrase for it like a plea, plea a collective a, plea a collective bargain. plea so yeah. they kind of they offer the cops everybody yeah. but at a slightly reduced sentence yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of interesting that all the negotiation tactics uh, they realise that String is still still clean and clear yeah. it seems like so he's basically going to continue to run the business from the outside but the big problem is D'Angelo yeah. um, because he's flipped he's got a different lawyer he's gone up to Jersey mm-hmm. um, and they send in his mother <laughs> <laughs> he's in trouble yeah that's it that's, you know you're in the shit when you, your mum comes along <laughs> yeah <laughs> like I say he's he comes from this place that he can't really escape what, what they're sort of they really go heavy on family don't they which is you know uh, usually only a one-way street. This is Hannah and Jen from the Standard Issues podcast. For D'Angelo, it appears that he's uh, it's all about him, them taking from him rather than him him ever getting anything back in return. It's almost like he's the heir to the throne and he didn't choose it. You don't meet his mum. I think it's when you finally you meet his mum yeah. that it all becomes clear. You think, oh my God, she's a terrible human being. He messed up, Dave. He knows it. Now, if you want to get even with him, you can. But you hurt him. You hurt this whole family. All of us. Me and Trina and the cousins. And Donette, too. And your baby. Your own baby boy. This right here is part of the game, D. And without the game, this whole family would be down in the fucking terrace living off scraps. Shit, we probably wouldn't even be a family. Brianna here... This, she's only been in the last two episodes and already she's been a bit of a tour de force as to how how things work and yeah. it's uh, previous episodes you think that things are going to go the way of the cops things are going to get shut down but the mother's love and the mother's kind of um, pressure forces D'Angelo to kind of turn the other way and and shut up basically he was going to give a lot of information away and she's like no this is family you need to not do what you're going to do and the sentiment was was nice here, I thought, in a way. Um, she said, you know, if you don't have family in this world, what do you have? Yeah. And that, you know, I, I believe that myself. I still think that what she was <laughs> recommending him to do was the wrong course of action, and he shouldn't have done it, um, and he should have stayed true to himself, especially when he was so close. You know, I felt really bad for him when he, when he was basically saying all he wanted was peaceful life yeah. out of this game it's all he knew start again start again and I just want it was like Wallace in the last episode Absolutely. I just want them to break free it's really really sad and upsetting and I guess the other side of this continuation is that Weebay has been captured and 
he's already down. He's already been. There's no way he's going to escape. Um, the only thing he can escape is being executed. Yeah. So if he admits to his murders, then he's going to get a life sentence. So he just starts singing like a canary, all the murders that he's done, and then he just takes on board a few that he hasn't done to <laughs> yeah <laughs> to try and help out Bird. Yeah, exactly. I thought I, th- I really enjoyed this scene. It's I thought fantastic, he was great isn't it? Fun and he's just sort of casually <laughs> chilling down on his, his chips. chips. <laughs> yeah, I want some horseradish, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did that one. Yeah, yeah. did that one too. <laughs> he just felt like he was going to confess to killing Kennedy as well. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. I do, little man. Thinking he might get weak on that cop getting shot. Yeah? Where's the body? Drew it hell behind the reptile house. Get back in the weeds with Michael Fine was left of him. All right, that's seven. What else you got? Uh, how about them witnesses? The security lady. And what's his name? The maintenance man. Gant? Yeah. Gant. You did Gant alone. Got a tater salad. That's law. The third storyline, and it's really interesting in how the guys in the detail try to play it out, is um, trying to take it further, trying to take it to the feds. They realise it's not just the low-level drug guys it's not just Barksdale it's like it's Clay Davis and there's some real kind of real nefarious stuff they can deal with if they take it one step above and that means they can also circumnavigate the command if they which is always a benefit they don't have to deal with Burrell they don't have to deal with Rawls yeah. and the Nobed Commissioner which we met the first episode and they want to get D'Angelo a decent witness protection at yeah, this yeah. at this stage because yeah. he's still um He's still on board, yeah. um, and they just don't have the resources to do it. So yeah. they need they need the feds to flip him, and that's the only way they can get Barksdale and String for everything. Yeah. Um, but what happens is they they go to the feds, and the feds aren't interested in the street level crime. You know, a they're interested in terrorism, but they get you know uh, McNulty's friend does help him out and gets him a sitting with um, the corruption feds. Yeah. Um, who are basically only interested in the politicians. Yeah, side of things. You know, they, they want they want to flip Barksdale and they want to flip String, which is not what the guys want at all. And what I mean, what do you think about the scene though? Because I, it's kind of come around in it come in a in full circle again because the the guys in the detail they want to get Barksdale, they want to get him properly. Yeah, uh, and that's at odds with the with the command who just want to get the easy kind of victory and get the picture of all the dope on the table. Um, but then when the feds they want to get the even bigger victory yeah. which is the politics and leading it you know, even higher and I felt kind of like well guys you can actually be involved in getting the even bigger prize um, but they're, they're still kind of worried in their own story of all the murders that the Barksdale crew have, have been you know, named for yeah I think they're frustrated because they're seeing blood being spilled on yeah. the west side day in day out and this won't change anything no. you know this would have Barksdale and Bell back on the streets in no time yeah some corrupt politician's been taken down but he's just going to be voted in by someone else so nothing will really change they want to they want to literally clean the streets and get down and dirty on yeah. well how I don't know how much they didn't say how much time is no time because one of the fed, feds did say that they will serve time but yeah well, I mean, I, get, I think at this stage, if they had known that D'Angelo was going to flip, yeah. I reckon they might have taken it. Sure. You know, I think they might have escalated it. But they, you know, from their point of view, D'Angelo's uh, testimony was so strong. Yeah. That was a slam dunk Absolutely. to get the whole lot. 
Um, so you can kind of see why 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 they, why they walked out of the negotiations, basically. <laughs> and McNulty calls them. What does he call them? Like, uh, empty suits. Or empty something. suits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks for your help, brother. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Such a dickhead, isn't he? <laughs> I found that really interesting. So so the, so McNulty and the team with Rhonda Perlman try and take it to the FBI using McNulty's contact in the feds. This is Luke Moore from the Football Ramble podcast. He's initially very cynical about it because in a post-9-11 environment, they're not interested in anything other than terrorism, but he gets them to pull a favour in and all the rest of it. And it becomes very clear very quickly that the prospective targets of these investigations are completely different. They've got D'Angelo as an informant. The, the feds want to know whether D'Angelo can give them information about politicians and all the rest of it. And they, they're literally sat there laughing, saying, what are you talking about? This guy's a, this guy's a captain in a, in a, in a crime, crime gang, but he's never met a politician, let alone got a contact or, or, or any sort of dirt on them. And it realize, they realise they're talking at massively cross-purposes. And of course, McNulty does his McNulty thing and, and loses, his, loses his rag and ends up calling um, quite a high-ranking federal... Uh, official way uh, an empty suit or something like that isn't it? it's an empty suit he calls him which rules really appreciates but then still stitches him up anyway at the end of episode 13 and puts him on a dock patrol but um yeah it's a really fascinating part sort of period for the show because daniels starts off being quite cynical i think and being and starts off being quite upset that he's been chucked together with this ragtag bunch of of ne'er-do-wells who turn out to be great but by episode 10 or 11, he doesn't want to do the bust. He doesn't want to go out there and, and blow all the cover and all the hard work they've done. But he has to. And I think his, um, his ability to balance between managing up and keeping his team motivated clearly can only last so long. He gives you the drugs and the violence. He gives you Avon Barksdale, Stringer Bell. And they give us the senator. Maybe, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you talking about turning Barksdale and Bell into cooperators and making the politicians the primary target? Of course. No, fuck the politicians. It's Barksdale and Bell. Those guys have turned West Baltimore into a free fire zone. No one's saying they walk. But what you are saying is that if we bring you guys the case, it's your intention to let Barksdale and Bell reduce any sentence they get through cooperation, huh? Jesus Christ, are you kidding? You're seeing all this ass backwards. Detective, in this office, we have a mandate to pursue political corruption. Can you believe these guys? Jimmy, look. What? Was it drugs and murder don't cut it anymore, huh? Well, how about terrorism? These guys have dropped 14, 15 bodies. The witnesses, cooperators, they're... That kind of hyperbole doesn't serve anyone, detective. I think we're going with a different direction on this. Thank you for your time. West Baltimore is dying, and you empty suits are running around trying to pin some politician's pelt to the wall. Thought you was real police, brother. It's, it's interesting seeing how the tables are turned in terms of what the big, what the biggest fish is, yeah. and who, whose opinion of the fish is. That makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be an outtake reel. <laughs> <laughs> the opinion of the fish. Yeah. Um, what else do we have to... Discussion points, what do we want to talk about in this episode? Stringer tries to get some drugs in and the guys in the pits. There's people imposing on the pits and they... And Bodie and Poop get yeah, some baseball with bats. The baseball bats. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting seeing Bodie sort of take charge here. Yeah. Uh, this is sort of a follow-on from 
from his natural progression of being a soldier, he, he you know he did what Bell asked, killing there's Wallace, yeah. killing Wallace, and uh, there's you know there's there's a there's a position open. Absolutely, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you have to step up. And but he's applied. In the scene, which one thing I find hilarious um, <laughs> is that Poots and Bodie are walking up to this gang, and you know they might have guns. They don't seem afraid of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, Poots and Bodie aren't that big, but behind them is some guy who must be like six foot seven. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you remember the scene. There's a guy wearing sunglasses who's ready to fight with them. I'm like, send him in. He's the muscle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Poots and Bodie are actually quite short, wiry guys, <laughs> even though they've got some front. Yeah. Let them, let the big guy behind you do the fighting. Um, he's got a lot to learn. He's got a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to nail his strategy down. Um, and. This, this random old guy comes into into Stringer Bells, into one of the fronts, into the copy shop, um, and gives <laughs> gives Stringer Bell the drugs and says, "This is how we're going to start up again." Um, Stringer Bell gives the the other guys the exact formula of how to cut the how to cut the drugs. Yeah, it's, I thought that was interesting. So yeah. this is the supply, obviously. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is this is them trying to start up again and just be. Part of me kind of hoped that we were just getting a scene of just Stringer Bell's day to day in in the paper in, the, in the, <laughs> the photocopy shop. I thought it was just a customer. Uh, Ten copies, please. Yeah. Here you go. Have a nice day. Yeah. My name was Russell. <laughs> Come again. So we, we find out who the mole is. We find out the mole, and it's I had for, I had one hundred percent forgotten this. Had you? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. I know. I couldn't. I couldn't remember this happened. I remember. I mean, the aftermath of this is that. Well, the mole, we should say, is Carver. Yes. Which is gutting. Yeah, surprising. Yeah. Because he seems like the, the more sensible one. He's one of the team. Yeah. But I guess I kind of reconciled that with the fact that Daniels was feeding up to Burrell at the start and then he kind of backed away. Yeah. And, and Carver did kind of say, it's like, dude, if one of the big boys calls you up and says, I need some information, it's, it's hard not to give, give them the stuff. But, so he's the one that gave up the stash house, I guess. Yeah. And I don't know. I, w- I don't know. I would have. I, I will never be in this situation. <laughs> well, I, ho- I hope not. <laughs> um, I'd like to think I'd kind of keep some of the bigger stuff away and just feed them the little stuff, so they get the kind of happy about what's going on. Yeah. Um, I guess he's just worried about his job. You yeah, know? yeah. It's like he, it was a real rock and a hard place. Yeah. For him, and I think Daniels, to his credit, sort of. Well, he chews him out over it, and he's disappointed. But he gives him, tries to give him some good advice for his newly appointed position yeah so Carver as a result of I guess being the snitch is promoted above above uh, Herc as a sergeant which is <laughs> an unfortunate reversal for, uh, is, for yeah. Herc who was trying to force him to call him sir in the last episode sergeant yeah we haven't, we haven't really talked yeah. about this at all because <laughs> yeah. it was kind of a sideline story but Herc and Carver going for the sergeant's exam at the same time um, Carver's it seems to be the one that's a bit smarter more studious but then Herc is actually gets the better score. Yeah, uh, but just keeps talking about yeah, it. Yeah, just rubs it in his face. But it turns out he's uh, his police brutality charges were <laughs> mounting up, <laughs> mounts up against him. <laughs> but I think that's the reason. I think because Rawls has seen because Carver's been feeding the information to Rawls, and yeah. that's why he's promoted above above Herc in this in this respect. That's how the game works. That's how the game the, works in the police side. Yeah, but I was yeah, I was disappointed in Carver. Yeah, me too. It is disappointing. It's a sad note to end, to end his story on in season one. Yeah, um, and even that, even that moment um, when we're sort of getting that epilogue montage from everyone at the yeah. end of this episode. You know, when we see Carver 
receiving his promotion yep. um, from Burrell, it's it's bittersweet. Yeah. Um, well, should we talk about the montage? Because this this is one of my favourite things about the end, the final the final episode in all the in all the seasons of The Wire is that final kind of montage yeah. as to what happens to people. Tie everyone up. Yeah, yeah. It's the sort of the equivalent of the the college movie, the American college movie, where they tell you what happens to everyone yeah. at the end of it <laughs> with some text on the screen. Absolutely. Yeah. Stringer Bell went on to have a successful career as a businessman and dr- <laughs> drug dealer. <laughs> businessman stroke, uh, drug dealer stroke, uh, paper, paper copy. Yeah, I think I think the end of season montage at the end of very end of episode thirteen is quite a curious thing because that episode is directed by Tim Van Patten, who directs. I think he directed some of um, Deadwood and some other quite good stuff. Uh, oh, do you know what? He directed Long Term Parking, which is a really good episode of The Sopranos. So he's clearly a great director. But I, I mentioned to you earlier before we came on, I said that um, it looks a bit dated now, that, that style of doing it. It looks a little bit obvious, but I do sort of quite like it as well because what it does is it, it, it's a huge... Because, because The Wire is such a hugely ambitious show with so many different characters and so many different threads and, and it only gets more complicated as time goes on, it's great to have a sum-up of or a summary of everything that's happening. You know, McNulty gets put out on Doc Patrol. You know, you see Keema, I think, with, with her wife. And you see um, Bubs has, has, has fallen off the wagon, has got back onto, onto the dope. And, of course, at the very end, you see Omar, who, who, who appears again, sticking up some street-level dealer with his hood up, whistling a hunting we will go, which is, like, his, obviously his signature tune. And, yeah, it's a powerful ending. It's a very, very powerful ending. It just fades out. It almost ends the same way it starts, because it starts off, it fades up at street level. There's, a, there's been a murder. McNulty's talking to a, um, some um, kid about, um, what's his name? Snot Boogie. Gets killed for, for sticking up a, a craps game or something. And, um, and it sort of ends, in a way, the same way it starts. Free from care, free from fear, the saints are true this montage, who, who can you remember off the top of your head that was in this montage that's worth kind they, of bringing They pretty up? much cover everyone off, yeah. don't they? Um, okay, well, big ones are McNulty has uh, been given a new job yeah. on the boats. <laughs> so this is, a, was it the previous episode or was it this episode? No, it's this one, so he gets pulled in by Rawls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rawls says, uh, okay, I want to make, I want to take care of you. Um, Freeman warned him about this conversation. Yes, uh, many episodes back. Absolutely. When they ask you where you want to go. <laughs> or where you don't want to go. Yeah. Um, be wise to that. But also, we don't know actually what Minolte says at this point, but in the first episode, Minolte did tell Landsman where he didn't want to be. Yeah. Um, so. And it was here, wasn't it? It was didn't here. He say, yeah, I think in the first episode he said he'd, he'd hate to end up on the dock. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. so where he ends up is yeah. exactly where he but said he didn't want to be. It didn't quite make sense to me because Freeman gave him the advice about what to do. Yeah. Like, don't tell when they ask you where you don't want to go, yeah. tell them something else. Yeah. Um, but he it seems like he told them <laughs> exactly where he didn't well, want I th- to go. I reckon that Landsman just told Rawls at some point previously. Yes, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And just said, they reversed yeah. it on him. You know, Minolte doesn't want to be on the docks. Uh, so, you know, if send you ever him ask there. him, yeah, send him there. And we see Freeman um, sitting in with a briefing with Rawls. Yeah. He's, he's the new, he's basically got McNulty's job, I guess. Absolutely. So him and, him and Bunk are our partners, yep. which, is, which is great. It's badass. Fantastic teaming. Yeah. And uh, they go down to McNulty and th- a nice little scene where they throw him a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> I quite like that. 
was probably makes him the happiest person on, on the on the boats. As it, as <laughs> yeah. it who else got Santanzo? We see him briefly walking the streets. Yes. Uh, How come he got demoted? I, just, I guess just because he didn't play by Rawls's rules. I don't uh, know. Yeah, I guess yeah. we never really connected that one. We never see him. Yeah, just walked along with yeah. it on the on the beat. Doesn't seem to be too bothered by it. We see Bodie and Poot. Yep, doing their job. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the main ones that I can remember. What's Daniel's up to in this? Uh, we see Daniel's coming back to Vice Squad, and yeah. uh, he sort of spots Herc, who's gi- giving a uh, basically telling these two yes. rookies everything he's learned. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least Herc is learning. This <laughs> yeah. is the thing. I really enjoyed that. I liked that. Yeah, uh, and Daniel's gives him a little sort of smirk. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah we'll make something out of you. I just, I just, and I loved how Kirk was just kind of uh, Herc was proud to have been part of something. You know, yeah. he's like like this big Barksdale thing we just cracked. And this is, I mean, this is the way I think is everyone involved in the case, everyone in the detail, apart from Paul Mahone, <laughs> yeah. really took something from this. Everyone got behind it. A lot of stuff happened. Um, you know, in spite of Kima getting shot, there was, they all did good police work. And I think the episode, it was the episode before where Sidney was like, damn, this case was the best thing I ever did. Yeah. Um, and you can really feel that in the writing and how it's portrayed and everything, that this was properly something special and they don't get that all the time and the amount of times they say this is a career case for all everyone involved including Rhonda Perlman uh, the guys on the legal side this is a career case and it's it was the perfect storm awesome. really wasn't yeah. it like all these people came together and they really bonded yeah. and they sort of you know it's a great sort of rags to riches story Absolutely. because they entered that basement they, you know, they had the worst of the worst. Yeah. Uh, it turns out there were some hidden gems in there. There were some complete idiots like Prez who yeah. actually turned out to be good at something else. Yeah. Like everyone just kind of slotted into their positions. Absolutely. And these last few episodes, everyone was working together like seamlessly Absolutely. as a unit. And they really just pulled this thing off so well. And I think you don't see that. I don't know. I don't know how often you see that on television before The Wire came out. Um, but I find that this... It was, this was such a satisfying end to to the season and left you certainly wanting more but you had no idea where it was going to go where where else it was going to go did you? No and I think with most police shows you get a case in one episode yeah. you know this was one case over 13 yeah. and you just felt it you were invested in the case you are invested in the characters on both sides um, and it really it was just it's such an amazing show I mean, we should say that we can't stress that enough. I've enjoyed talking about this so much. Good, good, it's man. Just, and it's been, it's been such a good rewatch. It's been so much fun. And yeah, what you, what you were like, you saw it like seven years ago yourself, wasn't it? More, I think. I'd say ten. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think I was like seven years ago where I watched them all back to back, and it was it was a pleasure then, and with insight now, it was, it was a pleasure again to watch it watch it all the way through again. And it feel it felt fresh. Yes. I think it was the right amount of time to be away from it. Um, and do you know it hasn't dated no at all the, some of the technology has dated but every like it feels contemporary mm-hmm. the the characterization the acting everything is just so on point absolutely just really the show is just lightning in a bottle yeah, I yeah. don't think David Simon's been able to really top it since and I don't think anything else has topped it no I mean at the moment we are in the age of Game of Thrones. Uh, and you did say to me before we started recording that I did. you think Game of Thrones might have edged it out. No, no I, I, I don't know. It's it's a different thing. It's Game, a tough call for me. The Wire is like when you when people talk about Citizen Kane, 
in terms of how many changes it made to movie making. These are the things you can do, this is how you tell a story. I think a lot of people took on board what they did with The Wire and said, actually, this is how we can use this medium of television for something which is awesome instead of it being second fiddle to TV, to, uh, to films. Yeah. And we are in the golden age of television and The Wire is one of the talismanic shows of that of the era and looking forward we won't spoil future seasons but we have seen them and I really admired David Simon for not resting on his laurels yeah. and you know there surely would have been some pressure um, to just replicate do the this. same do again do the same again yeah. maybe do another drugs and uh, police case but you know he didn't he had other stories he wanted to tell in that city and he chose a different focus for each season yeah. and for the most part I think that was a very absolutely. very great good move absolutely give the same advice to everybody give it three episodes and if you're not hooked by the end of the third episode you're out you're not gonna you're not gonna like it just exploded everything that that TV could be like for a start The Wire was like the first TV program which I which kind of had the model which I, I now have for all TV series which is if you don't like the first episode watch the second episode and the third episode and the fourth episode before you give up David Simon's breakthrough was really putting on television the first visual novel like we can take the time like a a, a writer does in a novel to develop characters and he would always tell us that I may introduce something in the first chapter that won't play until the eighth chapter. And you have to trust that you may not be as involved as you, as you think, but it'll be a pivotal moment in the story later on. And that took a lot of patience on our part. This is a story about a city that, even if we don't live in it, it's our city and it is a troubled city and it has been a troubled city for, I mean, at least since the 1970s. And, but we still, like it and it's got this crazy underdog spirit that just keeps popping up so just to see someone maybe not painting it in the brightest light but at least featuring it maybe paying maybe someone will pay attention to it as an actor my favorite season was the first season just everybody i mean you gotta see you gotta watch it i mean you just it's must see tv that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> ah, hello you're still playing that game Oh, man, it looks like you're in a game daze. Yeah, I- I'm getting you Blocks blue light glasses from Zenny. Okay, okay, I'm pausing it. Um, what are Blocks? Well, Blocks glasses help protect your eyes against blue light from digital devices. Sounds like Blocks will let me play longer. Ugh. Add Blocks to any Zenny frame for stylish all-day protection from harmful blue light. Get a complete pair of prescription Blocks glasses starting at just $24. And get back to gaming. Zenny.com. Eyewear for everyone. We have to finish with Bubbles. Bubbles is our kind of segue between the streets and the uh, streets and and the cops, um, and it's really cool here. We've talked in previous episode about how there's a special relationship between Kim McGregor and Bubbles, and one of the first things that she one of the things she thinks about when she wakes up after being shot three times and being in a coma is Bubbles and says to the naughty dude, "You need to you need to check out my boy." Um, giving that money out. Yeah. I, I, I love that she did that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that scene with McNulty and Bubbles on the, on the park bench, Bubbles has started taking drugs again, which is heartbreaking again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and McNulty tries to give him the money that Kima said he's going gonna, he's gonna to give him earlier on. 
And he says, no, man, I'm, you know, I'm not in that position anymore. I need to just give me some money so I can get high. Yeah. And it's a... Uh, it's, uh, and it was the noble thing. It's really heartbreaking. And it's... I, I, I thought this was so tragic because mm. Bubbles gives him back the money and it, that's such a noble and very difficult thing for him Absolutely. to do. Absolutely. But then McNulty tries to give it back to him and he's not able to resist, you know? He, he does take it the second time. Yeah. Um, and there's that very sad line where he says don't tell Kima because yeah. he doesn't want her to he be disappointed know. in him he's, he's yeah. gone into sad is it just another I, like, I want Bubbles I want D'Angelo and I want Wallace to just get out of this game yeah. and go live somewhere in, with it, on a beach somewhere that could be like um, find an apartment like three men and a baby <laughs> 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 and just live happily, happily ever two after two drug dealers a junkie and a baby yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> he was trying to contact her as he's sort of descending into one of his darker moments in season one. This is Andrew Johnston. He's an academic and a podcaster, and he loves The Wire. And she's not there. And so there's a sense of abandonment, he feels. But then when he finds out why she wasn't there, now it's an extra layer of guilt on top of the sense of abandonment because he was being so selfish and she was so... Uh, she was in such dire circumstances that all it does, for again, for Bubbles, because he's the most human character, it just pushes him further down the hole. It's so. It's just such a sad scene. Here's Gabriella Jones. She's a podcast producer at The Guardian. I think his last scene, he's, he meets Jimmy on a park bench and Jimmy's brought him the money from, from Kima. Like, Kima says, can you give this to Bubbles when she's in a hospital bed? And um, And Jimmy comes and gives him the money and he just doesn't want to hear about what Bubs is going to do with it. He doesn't want to hear anything good. Like, Bubs is basically trying to tell him that he doesn't want to go back to the streets. I think McNulty, like, asks him if he can go down and get any more information from the pit. And he's like, oh, no, I'm not in that anymore. Like, I'm not... But, like, Jimmy doesn't want to hear it. He's not interested. And you get the sense that Bubbles' sobriety is, like, so fragile at that moment. He's only, like, three days clean at this point. It's so fragile that just, like, that moment of indifference is so... It's, like, hurtful enough to him that he chooses in that moment to relapse. And it's not a big thing. It's just like, Jimmy just isn't listening. He's distracted. He's, you know, worried about Kim or whatever. Uh, he doesn't, he didn't realise that Bubbles is clean, maybe. Didn't expect him to ever get clean, I think. He thought his expectation of as an addict is like, you're always an addict. And um, it's like, just in that moment when he's like, okay, actually, can you only give me $50? Because you realise that the fact that Jimmy was, wasn't there to hear him, that somebody wouldn't hear him and he's gone so many days holding on. And in that moment where he gets kind of like rejected in such a passive way because Jimmy doesn't even realise he's doing it, but that's how fragile Bubbles is. Um, lastly, what, what I'd like to mention is the, the way that McNulty and Bell leave things in the courtroom. I thought this is a nice echo to episode one. Yeah. Um, and they sort of flip the line, don't they? The uh, where this time Bell says to McNulty, "Nicely done." Yeah. Um, and I th- I, it's a little cheesy <laughs> um, and a little bit neat, but I liked it. it. It worked for me. Although what didn't work for me and was cheesy was um, when Barksdale has been sentenced and they're taking him away, and he does this weird slow motion nod. Did, did you notice that? No, I didn't. I didn't, want, I didn't think about it. Strangely shot. It was like this. He sort of nods to the police in this strange slow motion like remember me way but <laughs> didn't land for me um, but the other and the other thing McNulty says is his catchphrase you know I really admire how they wrote McNulty's catchphrase yeah. in but he gave it in different intonation Absolutely. all the time so it meant something different sort of an echo of that uh, the, the fuck scene um, with uh, 
Bunk and um, yeah, yeah. McNulty in the crime scene. Because in the episode after Kima gets shot, he says, Jesus, what the fuck did I do? But he says it in such a dejected way. Yeah, exactly. Um, and in this scene, he... This time it's more of a sort of a looking back over the whole thing. He's like, Jesus, what the fuck did I do? Yeah. Like, it's almost proud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. But what a season. What a season. Fantastic. Oh. Okay, guys. Well, that's it for the season for the first season of the wire strips and for the first season of course of the wire there will be a short break uh, before season two starts because it does take a while to put all this stuff together because we you know we spent time don't we tom and uh, and dave getting all the all the all the voices on the show listening to your guys burner messages um, it may not sound like it but it's a lot of work it's like <laughs> it's like it takes time to do this yeah. Uh, and you know it takes Tom time to make this thing sound as good as it does and he's a father now so things are you know at, I, I presume that means he's going to have less time at the time when we started there was there were less babies in the in the wire strip team but now there's plus one baby <laughs> <laughs> yes well and I've I've since had a baby uh, not personally my wife had had a baby um as well in that time that's so we we're, we're that's true we're multiplying rapidly <laughs> But we, it does take time together, and we want to make sure we do a great job for you guys. And we've got ambitions to do a bigger and better show um, for season two. So we just want to make sure we do it properly. So it will take a while, but we will get back to you guys soon uh, with a full season two. But you will be hearing from us, a guest, uh, Dave. What do you reckon? We'll we'll put some bonus episodes up in between now and starting again. Yeah, we've got we've got some more material that's already recorded that we'd love to share with you guys. Some more interviews, um, but more importantly, we are lining up uh, interviews for season two. We've got some great um, some cast and crew lined up yeah. uh, already, but we are looking for more people. So if you know anyone uh, who was in the wire who would like to be on the show, please uh, put us in touch. Also, I mean, we're looking for anybody who can speak on the issues that relate to the wire you know you you heard us uh, speak to uh, Riggsy a police officer we spoke with um, Uh, Professor David Nutt who knows all about how drugs affect the body so if you do know anyone who could talk about the issues that are raised in season 2 we would love to hear from them there's a lot of things that go on in season 2 that neither Dave nor I can really explain in that great depth um if you know anyone who's the leader of a Greek criminal enterprise, yes, then we'd love to hear from them. <laughs> that's the that's the main contact we don't have. Uh, or if you work on a dock, yeah. If if you know anyone who works on a dock, or, we'd be very interested to hear what that's like. Or if you have a pet duck, um, <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good too. Um, or if you know or, anyone or if called Horse Face. Or if your name is Ziggy uh, and you're one of the most annoying people in the world, <laughs> we'd love to talk to you. Um. But in the meantime, guys, do please subscribe to us on iTunes and tell your friends to do that as well. Still, do leave us reviews. We love reading them. Send us emails. Uh, Dave, how can they How can they contact us? Uh, we Our email is burner at thewirestripped.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at thewirestripped. Yeah. Uh, thank you, of course. All our guests have been on the show. There's too many to name. The cast, the crew, the specialists, I guess that, that's the best way to call them. The um, experts. The experts, yes. I like that. Um, you've, you guys have contributed so much more to the show than we could have imagined. Yes, thank you so much. Because otherwise, you know, it'd just be me and Kobe talking away to each other like this, and there'd just be an awful rambling mess. Um, 
and the the man who makes sure that it isn't a rambling mess is our producer Tom so thanks as always to him uh, for for making this show sound as good as it does yeah uh, Izzy for the artwork for the show love it yes um beautiful love that orange couch I, we should actually get an orange couch we need to get an orange couch don't we and last but not least uh, thanks to Martin and Sam from the Song by Song podcast uh, who did the brilliant cover version of Way Down in the whole uh, especially for the show that you're hearing right now I think that's that's how for now isn't it really that's it we'll see you guys uh, soon keep in touch on social and uh, we're gonna go start watching season two yeah I'm excited can't wait for it yeah season two excellent when you walk through the garden you gotta watch your back well I beg your pardon walk the straight and narrow track when you walk with Jesus gonna save your soul just gotta keep the devil way down in the hole he got the fire and the fury at his command well you don't have to worry when you hold on to Jesus hand We'll all be safe from Satan When the thunder rolls You gotta keep the devil Way down in the hole Way down in the hole